0: People can call it delayed, but guess what? It's Stranger Things, so because it's Stranger Things on the internet, it will live on forever. I'm here with Joe and Brandon. We're here to talk about Stranger Things, season four, the 19 and a half hour long season, the longest season of television that has ever been put to screen. Did it live up to the hype? Did it fulfill all our expectations? Did it pay off on kind of a show that ultimately the hype was all that was keeping it going? Guys, you ready to do this?
1: Let's do it.
2: Let's do it. All right.
0: What's up, people? Welcome back to another episode of the Talking TV Podcast. We had a little bit of an off-weeper movie, so we finally got the chance to talk about all of Stranger Things. It was a very, very long season of television. They split it up into two parts. We got the final two episodes about two weeks ago, and now that it's finally been completed in its entirety, we're here to talk about it. I'm talked. I'm joined this-, this morning by Joe of Guy at the Movies and my good friend Brandon, who's been on a couple podcasts, Brandon Fallot. Guys, I want to kick off this conversation with this. So Stranger Things, like I've been talking about with a couple different TV shows that we've covered on this podcast so far this year is part of a litany of returning shows that we have gotten back after between a two to three year delay. You know, we're talking Ozark, Succession, which we got back in the fall, Barry, Better Call Saul, Atlanta, to name a few. All of these shows are finally coming back after being off the air for between a two to three year gap. So I wanted to kick off the conversation with this, which is that Stranger Things had roughly a three year gap between season three and four. And despite season three, getting much better and more favorable reviews than season two. I personally don't agree with that, but we can come back to that at a later point. There was, I feel like there was kind of this question in the air coming into this new season of kind of how they were going to continue the story, because I don't know if you guys remember or not, but at the end of season three, it felt like a pretty definitive ending. You know, they'd resolved the mind flare, They'd seemingly closed the gate again for the final time. 11 had lost her powers. The buyers were planning on moving out of Hawkins in order to kind of escape the trauma of their past. Hopper supposedly was dead, And then they kind of released that teaser and that shows Hopper alive in Russia. And you're like, okay, but where are they going to go from here? You know, like we we kind of resolved everything. And if there's one thing that this 19 and a half hour long season proved, it's that, oh man, they had plenty more story to tell. So I kind of wanted to kick that off is now that we finished the season in it's entirety, Joe, I'm going to start with you and then we can go to Brandon. How do we feel going into season four after season three kind of left us feeling the way that we did? And now that we're done with season four, How do you feel that they did as far as kind of transitioning us into this final phase of the show?
1: Yeah, so I think with season three, I I felt a little bit different at the end. I thought that it was left open a little bit. I wanted to see how she would get her powers back or if she would. Uh, The Hopper thing was kind of teased in the after credit to the season. Uh, So I I was, you know, ready for it. I'm always, if I like a show, I'm ready to continue it until I feel like they can't do much anymore. The thing with Stranger Things that I, I feel like they they needed to do and they finally did this season was tie it all together tie the three seasons together and whether or not you liked how they did it uh they at least tried to put more context around sort of what's all happening i do enjoy that at the end of season four they're about to fuck with will again he's like oh, you no know, i feel it again i'm like, oh,
0: we're back <laughs> it's again. like it's happening again
1: yeah um but no i actually really enjoyed season four i thought they did a really nice job of, of providing more context and creating a villain that is pretty, I think, menacing and badass. Um, I was debating this a little while ago because, spoiler alert, I finished the uh, season about two hours ago, Um, finally. But uh, I was debating with someone afterwards. We were texting, and um, there's a couple things in this season that I would agree didn't work. I think the whole Soviet Union storyline and Russia storyline is just pointless in a lot of ways. It dragged on too far, and it seems like they didn't know what to do with it um there's large patches of this show where like we're not even worried about them side note uh you know the kids don't even care where their mother is (laughs) like no questions like where she is what's going on um but i thought that the rest of the stuff around vecna and uh even really the elevation of sadie sink as an actress in this uh she was by far my mvp of the season i thought she was fantastic um and even lucas really stepped up in the last episode i thought that was great acting too from great compared to the kids um, so I, I'm excited for where it is because I think what this season did, and uh, as opposed to the other three, is showed this group what failure means, and that was kind of the tease leading into these two episodes was the one line like I don't know that we're gonna, you know, make it out of this one or something like that, and I think that's kind of what we got. Like they they won so to speak for a little bit, but clearly, you know, there's still a lot of hell to come um and now they have to regroup and figure out what to do they talk about it at the end of the episode with 11. i think it's um mike and what's his name Uh, mike and will talking about how she's not used to losing um so i think that that's a really cool place to be going into the final season i do think they could have made this the final season you know maybe one more two and a half hour episode would have like given us all we needed to have uh because you know not to keep going on about it but the the one thing that i struggle with with the show Is I love it in so many ways. And then it annoys the hell out of me in so many other ways because it does get slow and bogged down. And, you know, a lot of stuff could be cut. That last episode, you could have cut probably a good like half hour, 45 minutes of just, you know, brooding and stuff. But um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited where it's going. Uh, I'm ready for them to wrap it up. I do think they did a good job compared to uh, some other shows that, you know, lost. You know, Uh it could be a loss where we have no idea what's going on.
0: Brian, what's your thoughts? Co- what were your thoughts coming out of season three going into this season? And then obviously after finishing up this season? Ooh. Well, I enjoyed season
2: three, but I did, as I was watching, I did start to get a, a vibe or a feeling of the show starting to spin its wheels or go through the motions a bit. I enjoyed the hell out of it, but it did just feel like, okay, we're doing the mind flare again. Like a, a few of our main characters, like Mike and Will, don't really have much to do. Uh, you know, they were kind of leaning very heavily to just like, yeah, Eleven, this is her show. Like, she's just going to kick ass for the whole time. But I really liked the finale of season three. I, I actually thought that was one of the strongest, like, individual episodes of the series. Um, and I agree. It kind of did feel a little bit like, oh, okay, we're starting to wrap up here. But I think the thing with the way season three ended is it didn't, it was almost like the way The Last Jedi ended, where, you know, say what you will about the movie, you like it or not, when it ends, you're not, like, oh, yeah, bring on the next season. You're kind of just like, all right, it's over. I'm going to I'm gonna go on my life now. And because of the three-year wait, and then because of the fact that a lot of shows and movies had come out just around Stranger Things, Obi-Wan, Top Gun. I mean, I know that when Obi-Wan and Stranger Things dropped in the same weekend, most people were more excited to go watch Obi-Wan first. Right. So there was a lot of that that made me and then like, you know, the trailer just kind of made me go, all right, more of the Stranger Things stuff. Cool. Pretty cool. You know, like, so I wasn't particularly excited going into it. I was just like, yeah, I like the show. I like the characters. I'll watch it. And um, I guess overall, as a general thought, I think within the first like ten minutes of the first episode, I went, oh, okay, I know. I remember why this show is, like, so amazing. Like, this is awesome. The way it's filmed, the camera's always moving it has a purpose, The you know, the characters are just so damn fun and relatable, and it does really balance all the different plot points pretty masterfully. You know, I mean, certain ones are just more interesting than the others, but like overall, like it kind of gives everybody their I don't even want to say moment to shine as if like everyone needs a big crowd pleaser moment, but it gives everyone enough stuff to where you're like, oh yeah, like they're all fully fleshed out. I'm interested in them. This season in particular, it took two of my least favorite characters of Max and Lucas, and it made them possibly the two most interesting characters of the season. Totally you know because I mean you look at a character like Max, like Season two, she she kind of just served as a wedge to just be thrown in there to be like, oh, God, she's disrupting this group, you know? And then they didn't really give her much to do the next season. Now, like, I mean, what they did with her was just absolutely brilliant, I thought. So overall, I really liked the season. I love that we had a villain that we could bounce off of and interact with. And I wasn't crazy on how they tried to specter it all and, like, connect everything and say, oh, yeah, this was all one giant, like, you know, plot that we've been intricately working at. <laughs> and, and and if i'm being honest like the finale just has its unraveling and you're just feeling like this is infinity war you're kind of going oh all right does that, it makes me like it a little less um and when and i'll just end on this when the finale ended i still wasn't like bring on season five i was more so just like all right but it, like, like it was the same thing of when season three ended it was just I I knew where it would go now as opposed to, I have no idea where this is going to go. So I'm just going to stop paying attention. So overall, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was, I mean, say you could say it's a course correction. You could say it's a return to form, but I think it's easily the best season since the first one. It's just particularly episodes four and seven are just masterful.
0: Yeah. 100%. Couldn't agree more with everything that you guys have said. My thoughts coming out of season three, I famously made it clear that I never really understood the criticism going into season two. I've, feel like a lot of people were a little bit too harsh on season two just because the hype factor and expectations coming out of that first season being the phenomenon that it was were just I feel a little bit too high and across the board and it was kind of a I feel like in a similar situation to another season of television that came out that year for a a massively popular television series that being Game of Thrones seventh season I just feel like the expectations were a little bit too high to a point where I feel where people were a little bit unfair to it and kind of overlooked a lot of the more positive elements of it going into season three however that was a situation of where it's like I feel like it almost course corrected to where now people were willing to give the show too much of the benefit of the doubt and there was just a lot of stuff in season three that felt like they were trying to do right but overall like you like you were saying brandon it felt like it was spinning its wheels it felt like it was trying to change tone in order to almost feel like more of like a more palatable and desirable show you know they were trying to be like okay this we're getting back to this being like a fun kids 80s romp you know which i'm not gonna say that's what the show ever was to begin with but it almost but it always had elements of that you know But the biggest thing for me going out of season three is that I just, I'm like, it left me with that feeling of I don't know where this is going to go. And I don't particularly know if I care where it's going to go. Just because it felt like they just kind of reached this point of, okay, if this is the last time that I see this setting or any of these characters, I'll kind of be okay with it, you know? Going into this season, though, to call it a course correction, I think would be a vast oversimplification because I think it's safe to say that the Duffers... Probably were the ones that took the most advantage of the massive amount of time that they had in between this season because, man, they went for it in a way this season that, while not everything worked, I think it's commendable to say the least just how big of a swing they took between... The vast amounts of storylines that they had between them splitting the characters up with them arguably giving the characters the biggest set of stakes to overcome that they've had to since the first season. The fact that they're finally actually playing into the fact that they're like, yeah, these these kids are not really kids anymore, so we're gonna start throwing some more adult challenges at them. The fact that they actually had the foresight to understand, they're like, okay, we need an actual visible antagonist. We cannot keep relying on kind of these same lifeless CG blobs that are just like monsters to overcome. We need an actual, like... Visible antagonists for our characters to overcome. And they did it all. You know, they actually went for it and they did it. And yeah, obviously there was kind of a little bit of loose lingering threads that they probably let go on too long. The Hopper stuff in Russia. As much as I did love it when Joyce and Hopper finally reunited, that storyline went on way too long. The Mike, dus- the Mike um, Will, and Jonathan storyline with Argyle. It served its purpose at the end, but that one kind of went on a little bit too long. But the stuff that... I will say this season did great, was friggin' amazing. The Max uh, Max and Lucas stuff, everything going on with Eddie this season was just inspiring, to say the least. The way that they conceived of Vecna's kind of reintroduction and the way that they kind of, like, conceived of his grand overall plan. And what I'll say is that they didn't completely – it's very beyond clear that they were not at all – that they did not at all have this planned out from the beginning, but they did, in my mind, what all good showrunners do, which is that what they – which is what they do is they work with what they've established in the past in order to give them enough of a foundation to build off of, you know, because they have the upside down. They had already set up the idea that there were other patients other than Eleven, so they have that storyline to build off of. And then they kind of work with what they have as far as coming up with an antagonist that can kind of draw all of our characters back into this one fold without it feeling repetitive again. And also set them up with enough stakes in order to, for lack of a better word, get them into the endgame, you know? And that's probably about as, like, spoiler-free as I would kind of want to bring it. So let's dive into... Uh, Some of the specific things that happen at this season, you know, I have the next plot point is how the show was kind of changed since its inception. So the biggest thing obviously that I want to talk about first is the is Vecna himself, you know, the fact that the Duffers were able to conceive of this character that actually was, um, you know, similar was kind of the basis for the entirety of the of, of Eleven's, you know, kind of project that was formed, obviously, as we come to learn as the Nina project, the fact that Dr. Brenner, who was brought back in this season in an unexpected, but I think rather refreshing way, you know, Matthew Modine's character from the first season, how you have this character who was established as kind of the origin of all of their, like, for lack of a better word, supernatural or superpower beings in this world who ultimately was captured by Brenner and experimented on and kind of was used in order to kind of, for lack of a better word, breed this new group of super-powered kids. But at all the same time, he was drugged, and he was, you know, waiting for his chance to escape, and he finally saw that chance in Eleven. And then when Eleven was finally able to free him from Brenner's control, he went nuts, killed everyone, and was about to, you know, continue this plan in the world. So Eleven banishes him, unintentionally rips open this portal to this other dimension that was apparently existing underneath them. Next thing you know, he's converted into this monster into this monster thing that can now kind of use his merging of powers in order to essentially, you know, rip open the gates between dimensions. It's a lot like it's a lot to say and like kind of the but the way that they're kind of able to build to it and kind of have all the characters and all their different investigations and how they're kind of able to tie Uh, all all of everything that Vecna is doing with kind of these shared trauma that a lot of the characters are feeling. Because this is ultimately a season about trauma and getting over. You know, all of these characters have been through so much since the origin. You know, Eleven, Max, um, what's it called? Mike, all of these characters have been through trauma. And this season is all about them kind of getting past trauma and kind of maturing to a certain point. So I kind of wanted to, you know, I kind of wanted your guys' takes on like kind of what you're, what what your favorite parts of the season were? You know, just in general, like what were some of the things that really really stood out to you as far as like kind of setting this apart from previous seasons that came before? Joe, start with you.
1: I thought the slow build up to the, like revealing who Vecna is um, was pretty cool. I I'm not going to say that I didn't I didn't fully expect it. Um, at one point, I thought like, oh, he's probably going to have Jamie Campbell Bower is going to have uh, more of an impact in this show than we think. Um, but when that reveal happens and you get the full backstory, I thought that was really cool. The thing I didn't like about that was, like, he just used Nancy and was like, hey, let me show you shit. Um, right. And that was just kind of random. A little bit that.
0: of an expository device. Also, the fact that it's like, okay, it's Jamie Campbell Bauer. That guy's in anything. You're like, okay, I immediately don't trust that guy. Yeah, like, yeah, come I'm on. A little um, bit of an obvious golden syndrome there. Yeah, 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 but honestly,
1: everything around Vecna I thought was really cool. I, I do – I agree with you in like the setup, obviously this wasn't where they thought they were going, but I thought that they pulled it together really well, um, which is a neat launching off point for the final season. And I I think the stakes were high. Um, I think there's, you know, obviously we didn't get a lot of um, a, a lot of things weren't tied up at the end. Um, but I think that's what a good show does in leading into especially the final season. That last shot, you know, I'm, I'm not like, oh, I can't wait for Stranger Things to come out when it comes out in like 2029. 20, but um, that final shot where they're all standing there and like looking out and the chaos is raining. I'm like, all right, I'm into this. This is pretty cool. So um, I, I, all in all, I think that was great. And then I, I'm going to go back to it again. I think Sadie Sink was probably award nominee worthy this season. Um, with the way that she carried the character and kind of carried the show, the emotional arc of the show a lot. Um, I thought she was great. I thought Joseph Quinn was really good as Eddie. I hated him at first and then just really enjoyed him by the end. He was a lot of fun. And uh, one thing the show always does really well is pairs Dustin with, um, with another person to like really bring out the comedy and the humor and then ultimately the emotion. And I think they did that well with this one as well, this season.
0: I couldn't agree more. Brandon, what's your take on that?
2: Um, yeah, I basically agree with all that. I, I, I did really like the Vecna thing. I do think as we slowly revealed more about Vecna, he became less interesting slash terrifying. But, I mean, his first three, like, scenes, like, because he had, like, one scene for each of the three episodes, you know, I, I thought it was honestly terrifying because I never expected the show to go that brutal. Like Like, like they always insinuated things that were horrific, but, like, to actually see, like, when it was for me, it was whenever the claws would like snap into the person's face. That little that was just a very effective moment. <laughs> Like, 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 whenever that happened, I just went, okay, oh, I, I feel that. Um, yeah. and, uh, and then even with, you know, the bones breaking and the oh, eye. The,
1: the I, bones yeah. got me every I, time. I still couldn't
0: get over that because that was then because here's the thing. They've, they've obviously referenced every single 80s pop culture moment under the sun, literally to the point where in season two, it was getting kind of a little bit annoying, where it's like, okay, that's Back to the Future. Okay, that's alien. It's like, okay, that's Gremlin. You know, it's like it was getting a little bit obvious, but I think they did a much better job of it here, where it's like, okay, no. See, now see now we can finally get into, like, the real horror aspect, so we kind of only hit that. You know, like you had a little and hints of like the thing and dream world stuff like that but now it's like yeah we can really get into like our real nightmare on elm street stuff and unlike the first season where they were like kind of little kids they're like nah they're all like semi-young adults now we can really show just like like how much yeah. how much damage we can No, do yeah like you can
2: you can see a lot of especially in everything with hawkins and Vecna. it's like this is their take on a nightmare on elm street type yeah. thing and and it's awesome i mean like i loved all of that i i loved the drama of just the kids getting older and kind of growing apart, you can kind of get the vibe that Mike like doesn't like Will as much as he used to, just as like a friend. Um, you get the vibe that luke I mean, Lucas' whole story I thought was kind of a tried and true story, but I thought it was executed brilliantly. And by the time you get to the finale, with everything that was going on with Vecna and Eleven and the craziness, like it was the scene with Lucas fighting the, the basketball oh, guy yeah. that was, yeah. that was the most kind of gripping scene in the finale for me because I was like, oh, I actually feel this. Like like this is like something that's really like emotionally powerful. I thought
1: Lucas was a goner. I thought yeah. they were I was like they're going to knock him out of the show here. I
2: like oh. that was who my money was on. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, overall I just I, I really liked what the show did. And you know, I got to give him credit too cuz I can nitpick all night and day mm-hmm. about things, but like They did something really different. And one of my biggest flaws with the show coming out of season three was where that was a season where I started realizing the show's shtick, which is you take the group of people, you have like a batch of like 12 characters, you split them up into three groups. For the whole season, they're finding pieces of the puzzle. In the penultimate episode, they come back together at the end, and it's like, whoa, you're back. What were you up to? Ha, this is so funny. And then at the end, they do this big payoff finale where they're all together. And it always works. It's like McDonald's. It's like, oh, yeah, like I, I, I get it. <laughs> well, no, it, like, it works. But it, it, for, for season three, even though it worked, I went like, OK, I get the shtick here. And season four did something different. Like By the time you get to the finale, they're like, no, we're going to keep everybody separate, and they're all going to come together after the big bombastic finale to have like these somber, bittersweet reunitings. And like, you know, so I, I gotta give them credit for that. I I like that they tried like their take on like the great escape with the Russia stuff or, you know, their, their take on like a stoner comedy for the the Calvary stuff. Like, like, like that was all well and good. And I don't think the show ever overtly focused on those two things so much to where I was just like, Oh my God, you know, but like, like, it definitely, they weren't like things I would rewatch again. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Not to talk too long about, it, but like I thought it was pretty fantastic, like across the board. Yeah.
1: Real quick, the bones breaking thing. I thought they did a good job of like, like you said, with the first three that get killed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really roping you into that. So then, like when. When I almost said Liz, when uh Max, I don't know why I yeah. said Liz, where'd that come from? When Max is like, you know, raising in the air at the end, you're like no 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 no, no yeah, do it, it. tension.
2: Well, okay, yeah. I got like what they do with the max character is so awesome because <laughs> they give her this amazing moment in season four where you're just like white knuckle watching this, like, oh my god, is she gonna die? Like this and it's it's the that scene at the end of episode four is yep. maybe I i think it's the best scene that the show has ever done. Just as a moment, it's like this is all the potential, all the creativity of the show coming to a head, and like this is what this show can be at its very best. It was amazing, and it overall is amazing episode. Then like the way it ends, it was beautiful. And because she gets such a, like a moment like that, you kind of think, well, she's safe for the rest of this show? Because she got that moment. So when they when the moment happens at the end, you're kind of like, oh god, my my one criticism, and I don't, I will probably get into it is I. I
0: Kind of wish they
2: went all the way and just yeah. like right because the yeah. ending was
0: so uh, like they kind of half assed at the end where it's like she's dead but she's not she, dead but like they're she, still able to yeah, open the portal yeah, just it's it's enough like, for it to work it's yeah, like, it's like, what? It's like she's, yeah it's like
2: technically she died even though it was after and she's brain dead now but like technically her heart's still beating like like there's <laughs> a lot there where I just kind of went like you know I kind of wish she just played it cleaner and just like did one like because, like, how- I, was, I was confused. I was like, wait, so what is her condition? Yeah,
1: right. Where is she? That's what, I wonder, like, uh, this is always me just being who I am. Um, I wonder if they actually, like, filmed multiple versions of that or, like, didn't know where they were going to take things. Because the fact that they were working on those final two episodes weeks prior, I know a lot of it was working on effects and stuff. But, you know, like, we hadn't gotten a lot of love for Max or didn't have a lot of love for Max in the previous seasons. And so a lot of this season hinged on you caring about that character and if they weren't able to really establish that in the first Mm -hmm. seven episodes i wonder if they would have gone all the way or not um because i I expect when she at the end of episode what nine when she's dying i'm like they did it they finally did it um but i agree with you like when they switch that around and they're like nope heart's still beating but she's brain dead they're just i think giving themselves a little bit more to play with moving forward given that she was really the star of the season
0: I think one of the biggest problems that the show has kind of had since its inception is they is they have a big problem when it comes to killing off their main characters. You know, I feel like that kind of started back in season two with, um, what's it called, with, with with Sean Astin's character where even though Sean Astin was kind of a one-off character that was kind of only in there in order to like provide a romantic foil for joy and then ultimately be killed off, I feel like the reaction to that was so big and so polarizing that it almost kind of scared them, you know, into not wanting to really kill off any of their main characters, you know, and then obviously they killed Billy at the end of season three and they gave him kind of a heroic moment Moment. But Billy, I feel like was not a character that really kind of earned everybody's love, not in the way that the main character was. And this was kind of the first chance that they had to like, well, really show that it's like, yeah, no, we, anybody can go like this. We well, can kind of turn this into Game of Thrones a bit where anybody can go at any minute. And Brian, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say
2: season three with Hopper, I think was their first, like, Hey, Hopper's let's, the, let's Hopper was something. the biggest
0: one where it's like, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, it's we can actually kill where, someone.
2: And it's one of those things where when, by the time season five wraps up, I'm really going to be looking at the Hopper character and be like, yeah. Okay. What did he do in season four and five? Like, like it's kind of how I compared like right. Poe Dameron and Star Wars, where they were gonna yep. kill him off in the beginning of Force Awakens, right? And then by the time that trilogy ends, you're like, you should have just done that, you know what I mean? Yeah, like because he did absolutely jack
0: shit. It doesn't give the trajectory of, of where those movies went overall. But yeah, Stranger Things has a problem, has a has a killing off main characters problem for sure. Where there's a lot of characters that, like I said, that, that, because they haven't killed off a decent amount of the characters, the cast has only grown significantly by season. Where like you were, you guys are both saying, by the time we get to this season, we're following three different storylines of. Roughly, like, almost 20 characters across the entire show. And, and they're trying to give each and every one of them something to do. And not a lot of them have something to do. Like, I love Maya Hawk in the show. She's just become one of my favorite additions to the show. What exactly did she have to do this season? Ultimately, they'd just be another funny sidekick ca- character, you know? I love the Argyle character. I thought Eduardo Franco was a revelation in this season. And them kind of doing the whole Stone of comedy. What exactly? Did I actually you have to
2: do here. No, I, I agree. I, 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 I know disagree. your thoughts on it, Brandon, But I actually uh, disagree about the Argyle character. I thought yeah. he was like, I didn't. I don't think I laughed at a single line he yeah. said the entire show. Same yeah. here. Same yeah. here. Yeah. I, it, and, it, I, and I thought he sucked the tension out of scenes. I like the actor. He did a good job of what he was doing. But like in the scene, it's a really great that tracking shot when like they think they're gonna hit the road in California, and then it's like, oh shit, you know, hit the shit, hit the fan. We got to run around. It's this awesome one take. Once his character got involved, like, I just felt all the tension just... Oh, the
0: shootout whoop. at the end of, what was that, the third episode, fourth yeah, episode? Like, yeah, like, it, it was just
2: like, oh, now he's here screaming, and okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's just like, like you can't tell me that once he shows up in that scene that you're still like, what's gonna happen? Like, you're just kind of like, oh, alright, yeah. now, this yeah, is a joke. Sure. I forgot. This is a joke. <laughs> the
1: yeah. intent of that character, like, just was was off for me. Like, it was always the comedic relief, whereas, like, another character that brings a lot of the comedic relief is Erica. Um, But she also is a strong character and has a lot to do as well. I love that, that actress and that character. Um, It's so funny, like just absolutely so funny. Uh, But I feel like that's kind of, that's what I want to see from, uh, from a character that's there for comedic relief Uh, aside from, you know, setting up a, uh the the ending where they take 11 to the pizza place and submerge her in the pizza thing right and that's Um,
0: ultimately kind of that that
2: was a moment where i knew i was like okay so this is not like they're gonna lose this episode because no way is like this big awesome finale gonna be like this (laughs) like like at like
0: this (laughs) like, 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 like you know i
2: was like no way
0: yeah. Uh, what's it called? Yeah. And another and another thing, too, also, obviously, Brandon, you and I talked about this, too, is Mike, where when the show started, Mike kind of was one of the leads. He was like kind of the one that was like kind of spearheading the action. He was the one yeah. that was given Eleven a place to say he was the one that was encouraging Eleven. He As was... the time has gone on, Mike has kind of been relegated to the background of like to the point where it almost felt like his only purpose this season was to provide emotional support for 11 while at the yeah. same time like shunning will and continuing to like make will a little bit of an outsider like it, it's it's yeah. ultimately again as <laughs> what, what happened was <laughs> poor will but what ultimately happened was is that as much as we love this season i know it doesn't tell you that but as much as we did love this season and as great as they utilize the vast amounts of time they had it definitely feels you could definitely feel the sense of where okay this is more so of a tv thing here which is where there really isn't a lot for all of the characters to do There's, like there, not, there is too many <laughs> yeah it's too many characters up to this point like murray like i've been like murray for me grew a lot this season but like what is his purpose other than like a jokey supporting character well you know i think
2: it's the, like i think their problem with killing characters is more so it, it's more so the fact that like they just can't help themselves with adding characters mm-hmm. i don't think you need death to like tell a great action-based story like i don't think that's like this like prerequisite but i think you could tell they do not want to kill any of the characters that were from season one, because I think they want all of those characters in that final season. So you can have like, you can kind of be able to track like their journeys and their arcs and all that kind of stuff. Maybe some of them will die in the last season. Um, but so it ends up always falling on new characters to die, which is why I, I fail to get emotionally invested in the moments when they do die. I think Bob was a moment in season two where I was like, wow, like that was that hit. That was surprising. Mainly just because it was surprising, because you gave him this whole chase sequence beforehand, where you think, "Oh, like he's getting this sequence, he's okay," but then he wasn't. Billy's death, I I wasn't like, no, you know, like Jesus, this is killing me. I just thought it was a nice moment in the finale where like they kind of fulfilled his little arc. And I gotta say, I think this is probably a hot take, but like even Eddie's death, I, I just, I, I not only did I see that coming from a mile away when it did happen in the situation that happened and the execution, I, I just couldn't get into it as much. I liked it. I like I the actor mainly because a couple of things. One, it was a little overtly on the nose with being metal, being like, this guy, he's going to fight a horde of bats in the underworld. <laughs> and he's a metal head. Like, isn't that like such a metal way to go? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. All right. It's pretty cool. And then like, <laughs> if you're actually looking at the plot, like they never established that these bats were going to go back to the house. And like, there's no way that he would have known, like, oh, yeah, like, they need more time. Like, So it was just, like, this weird, like, he just decided suddenly to, like, do this thing. And, like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. That could have just been resolved in, like, an extra line of dialogue. Like, say, like, the bats are going back. We got to buy more time, you know. Um, So, yeah, I liked the death, but I wasn't like, Jesus, what a, whoo. you know, because you know he's a newer character, so they're on the chopping block a lot more right. than an older character.
0: That's, yeah, that's a good take. That's definitely a good take as far as that goes. I feel like that's a good transition into kind of the next point that I wanted to bring up, which is kind of the new edition slash retcons, which also I feel like built into kind of how the show has changed from its inception. So famously, obviously, I feel like the biggest One of the biggest talking points about the show since it kind of started is the fact that the show was ultimately one of a couple that came out during around that 2015-2016 time period that was ultimately a little bit of a victim of its own success where the kind of Duffer Brothers kind of conceived it as like, you know, this kind of fun, kitschy little homage to, you know, some of their idols growing up, Spielberg, Carpenter, King, to name a few. And then the show just ends up hitting such this massive trajectory because of the Netflix of it all. It comes out at like just the right time and Netflix is just starting to become like the powerhouse that it is. That it ultimately ends up blowing up bigger than they ever could have possibly realized. And now this kind of thing where it's like, okay, we kind of put all of our chips into this one basket. We have this one story that we're going to tell okay, now we got to tell all this other litany of other stories, you know? And I feel like that has kind of been like created this weird back and forth push and pull thing where it's like people are like, oh, they have no idea what they're doing. Oh, they've got this really great long plan. Oh, they tried to add something. Ah, oh, we didn't really like that. Oh, but they're going to keep giving us some more of the same thing and we love that. Oh, but we don't really like it when they give us yeah. the same thing. Fans you know? it's suck. Like, <laughs> yeah, fans too. suck, I feel like, is kind of the overall consensus that we can come to. But again, it's we kind of have to talk about it because, again, the internet reaction ...has been such a large portion of this show's success. This is ultimately, I would make the argument that this is the first mainstream viral success for a property... ...that is, that despite its very obvious allusions and homages, is still completely original in its concept. Stranger Things is not directly based off of any other IP. Which I don't think I can really say about anything else that's really been super successful... ...in this kind of last couple, like, major Twitter stream age. So... It provides this really interesting, I feel like, trajectory where it allows the Duffer brothers to both be their best friends and their worst enemies in that sense. You know, where despite the fact that I love kind of the new additions that they made, I'm aware of how they retcon stuff in the past where obviously, again, they kind of... They had this idea for the upside down, but they probably didn't really they, but they probably didn't really know exactly how it was gonna encompass and entail it. And then being able to do more seasons allowed them to explore the upside down and really the potential of it. But it almost felt like they were kind of deliberately holding back and not exploring it to their fullest potential. And now they finally had the opportunity to do so for a litany of different reasons. The mass amount of time that they had since season three, the vast increased budget that they had. They're definitely at that point where a lot of shows get when they finally get to that point in the budget where they're like, okay, we have all this money, we can just show it off. Like some of the shit that was in this episode like was bigger and more impactful than a lot of the stuff that we've gotten in the previous movies. Like famously, the, the, the big joke is that that was made about this particular season is that this aired one week before Thor Love and Thunder and the last episode of this season is a full 30 to 40 minutes longer than Thor Love and Thunder. Like we are effectively getting, they are finally effectively getting to make these as like movies. Like this is no longer, I feel like kind of fits into the dictionary definition of a television show. It is as effectively become a movie. And so in that sense, I kind of wanted to get your guys take on kind of the Duffer brothers push pull back and forth with the, with their kind of creative take towards the show. As far as kind of like how, for lack of a better word, their interaction with the internet And kind of how that's affected the show, whether it, whether it'll kind of be to the show's benefit or detriment long-term Joe, let's start with you. Yeah. I don't really
1: know. I think that's, that's really hard to, to comment on because we don't know what the original plans were. We don't know like what the rough outline was for how many seasons they wanted to go and all that. Um, of course they can say whatever in the media. Uh, but I think the success has definitely driven them to a, a different point than they probably planned at the beginning. Um, I, so I, I really I, I don't know. I don't even know how to, to comment on that, honestly, Dom, because, you know, the, the Internet is the Internet. And of course, you know, viral sensations uh, take on a life of their own. Um, but I think that in terms of like the characters and stuff, I, I can't really remember or even point to a character that was that something was done with because of a movement online in this show. I think the, the closest one I can get to is what they're doing with Will. Um, Because there's been rumors for years that Will was like secretly gay and that they're, you know, he's trying to figure out himself and whatever, and you finally get there in the last couple episodes of this season, and then the, the actor just came out and confirmed all that that's going right. on.
0: But so. again, that, but, but, that but, that's the, but that's the thing, right? Is that's not a thing that was established within the course of the show. That is the thing that was established off the air, where the actor confirmed it off the air. It was hinted at for sure, but never explicitly confirmed is the thing. And so that's a thing of where it's like, okay, was that always intended, or was that was a thing that was brought on as a result of kind of internet speculation you well know? I think
1: I, I mean uh, and who knows right at the end of the right, day who exactly. knows that exactly um, like I
0: said it's all up in the air it's all up to speculation you know I'm but sure we'll get, get
1: confirmation next season like in, in some way of that but um yeah ultimately I don't know because I, I can't imagine that they went into this without having at least certain points that they wanted to hit you don't introduce right. something like the upside down and not have some rules already established for what it can be. Um, but of course, they you know, they probably gave themselves a little bit of leeway to you know create what they wanted to create with that. I this is a terrible comparison, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Um, the same with Lost in a way, you know Lost Lost didn't know Lost was Lost. They didn't know where they were going <laughs> after a while. But I they had certain points. They had like they knew their ideas of. Certain things that were going on, just whether or not they were able to tie it together is a whole another, a whole nother question, whole another ball game, whole nother argument, whole nother podcast. Right. Uh, but I think that what we're seeing with this is, regardless of what the ideas were at the beginning, they're able to tie it together. Vecna wasn't a response to internet, uh, you know, right. com- commentary or whatever. Uh, so the biggest, cru- the biggest, the crux of this season that's driving us through uh, to next, the, the finale season final season, I think is all original and their and their own thinking. I don't see this show as being affected really by the internet.
0: Well, the biggest thing I can feel like kind of that, that's a point of reference to this is obviously their attempt at, okay, they they clearly had some idea where they always wanted to explore the idea of whether there would be more uh, kind of kids that were experimented on by Brenner mm-hmm. other than 11, you know, because that was the thing that yeah. they hinted at in season one, but never explicitly confirmed. They try to do that with the 11 solo episode. And kind of how in season two and kind of how that executed that episode is critically maligned to the point where they almost drop it completely. But now with this season, they're kind of able to bring it back around and reintroduce it into the show as like kind of a part of the story, you know. And that's kind of like an example, I feel like, of the push pull back and forth. There's many, many other things that I feel like I can point you. But Brandon, what's your take on all that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, in today's age, that's like the great fear that we want to avoid. Like we don't we want the creative artists to just be creative and not be so reactionary. I think I think quite possibly the biggest uh, criticism of like the Disney Star Wars trilogy is that it's it was very reactionary to how people felt about the franchise and you know, the big uh, buzzword that people keep seeing is, like, there wasn't a plan. There wasn't a distinct plan that they wanted to accomplish, so it just felt like they were making up as they went along to appease the fans, and in doing that, it just, you know, it feels more like fan fiction or, like, a product as opposed to, like, an actual, like, you know, artistic story with merit. I think with Stranger Things, I never got that impression uh at least thus far i i think is and, and and that's a good point joe because i think when it comes to the main plot like i think they're pretty you know they got their vision for each season you know obviously every show is in a way making it up as they go along like you know no show is like yeah in season one i had a nine season outline and we executed that without change without input and without adapting for complete you know what i mean I mean, like, you know, so I think they, you know, I mean, originally the show was supposed to be one season and then it was supposed to be an anthology. So each season was going to follow different characters, but season one hit, the characters were so beloved that they kept going. Success kind of changed the course of what they were doing. And, you know, so far they've been able to kind of fool us where it's like, oh yeah, like this was the plan all along. I think season four and five are... Were, were planned out i think they know exactly where they're going going into you know what i mean but if you were to ask me like hey season three do you think they know how they want in this i'd probably say no yeah because that season was pretty isolated and it was just like another season and another show um i have yeah other than the will thing but you know which i think you could make argument maybe was brought on because of online uh you know tweets and things like that you know uh, other than that i i think uh i don't really think i've seen something where it was so reactionary and and that is the goal where i i don't want to be watching something going like they're just doing this to appease the twitter crowd and even with Will's story i thought it was beautifully handled i thought it was awesome like i i i i just i'm just so excited for him to do something in the next (laughs) season like just something (laughs) anything just something other than like this
0: you know other than the hair is going up on the back of his neck yeah the reason why i bring up that point is because It's one of those things that I feel like unfortunately kind of seeps its way into every bit of conversation that we have now where, again, so much of the stories that we get now feel like content and they feel like things that are brought on because of studio mandates because they have to fulfill a quota and all the time. And it feels like so much of the time we don't get to be able to talk about the art in the art that we love, you know, for lack of a better word. But it's so. But Stranger Things is such a weird phenomenon because it's one of those things that is almost entirely dictated by art over commerce because the things that people are drawn to in this show are not – really any of the behind the scenes things like they are with a majority of the Disney or Warner Brothers stuff that we get. Now they're drawn to it because they love these characters, because they love this story, you know, because they enjoy spending time with them, but also they enjoy kind of Getting like kind of that satisfactory thing. And like I said, the reason why the online speculation is so interesting is because so much of the time, whenever you see this online speculation, it feels like it's almost always because it's like, oh, they didn't adapt this thing right that I liked from this thing from when I was a kid, you know? And that's a whole different argument. That's a whole different podcast, all that. But so much of the time, it feels like that's what the argument comes down to. And that's what makes kind of the online discussion that's so fervent about Stranger Things so fascinating because again there's nothing to really base it off of Mm, so it almost so it's almost like whenever somebody is trying to like offer their suggestion it's like okay well that could feasibly become a thing you know it kind of reminds me in a strange way of again joe you're again i'm sorry i'm sorry to bring this up but with community where a big part of what made that show work so well is they were constantly in touch with the people who watched the show on twitter and half the ideas that they would get they would pull right from a suggestion that people would put on Twitter and write into the show. Now, granted, Twitter and just the internet and online discourse was in a much, much different place back when Community was on the air. You know that it was. I feel like it was a much more kind of niche crowd. I feel like the what's it called the um what's it called the um what's it called the information waylay was a lot more controlled. It was a lot more receptible. It was a lot more. There was a lot less hostility that goes into it now, where it just feels like the wild west. And just like there's just so much hodgepodge of ideas thrown out that trying to sift through it all is just. I feel like a nightmare for anybody else. But I feel like it's such an interesting component because it is, to me at least, such a critical and intrinsic part of the success because we've all said it, if this show does not have the social media impact that it does, this goes all the way back to the discussion that we had about Netflix and kind of how we're so consistently confused at their success all the way back in 2020, the show is ultimately not what it is, you know? And it's so weird because it's kind of the only way that it would have been that successful because... Almost all of Netflix's success, with a few exceptions here or there, kind of function the same way, where they're all kind of successful because of how they hit online. Because again, the majority of them, I feel like the only exceptions to this are the Umbrella Academy. And even that one, it's like the only reason why they're successful is because of how they hit online. Because for the most part, they are all original ideas. I mean, look at all of them. Look at Squid Game. Look at Ozark. Look at. Uh, what's another one that that hit in the last couple of years? I'm totally drawn a blank on The Witcher's a little bit different, but that one's th- th- but that one's still kind of um that one's still kind of getting its sea legs, for lack of a better word, you know, all the way back to House of Cards, you know, it's kind of this weird like kind of hit online sensation, and the thing is that that th- that's kind of so satisfying about it is that in this age of IP that we live in. When you have an original idea that can hit that hard with audiences in a way that really not a lot of other original ideas do, most of the time when original ideas hit now, it's almost kind of like by surprise or by accident or it builds up with word of mouth, you know, kind of in the old fashioned way. But in order to kind of like have like an instant success, the way that kind of Stranger Things did, that's kind of what I mean when I'm talking about like kind of, for lack of a better word, the social media discourse of it all, you know, because it does, it has a large part, it's a large part of this show's success overall. So and I'm kind of bring it into the last point before we get into the last point that I have uh, is how this sets up for the final season. And my biggest thing is that even though it seems kind of obvious as to where we're going to go in the last season, you know, Vecna's plan has effectively worked. The gates between the dimensions have been ripped open. Uh, you know, the, the last shot of the episode is we see something that we can assume is the Mind Flayer coming out. You know, it was. I, I feel like that the, the one nitpick that I have is I feel like it was a li- they were a little bit confusing in terms of establishing the connection between Vecna and the Mind Flayer, where it's like, okay, was the Mind Flayer already thing? Did Vecna? already a thing did Vecna create the mind flare? was it some sort of merging between the two but whatever the case may be I wanted to get your guys thoughts on kind of where you think we're gonna go for this last season ultimately if this is the end game two season fours infinity war Joe start with you
1: I have no idea I don't know <laughs> what, uh, I have no freaking idea um no I think obviously we're gonna see Vecna pop back up probably early on and uh continue on with what he was doing but even what he was trying to do was a little left uh up in the air where he was kind of just like you know I don't even remember what he said. Something about like set, like changing the world or – as, as
0: far as I'm concerned, it may, it may as I well have just be. been a Skeletor from Masters of the Universe. Yeah. I'll be back before he runs into the game because they knock him out of the mansion after they firebomb him, and then they go outside and he's magically gone. So. Yeah. So I, uh, the one thing I
1: do want to see a little bit more, which I think is uh, – it, it may alter the show a little bit, but we started to get it this season with the government becoming more involved. and Right. You know, that's one thing that with this show I'm always like, the the government's not doing more. Like this yeah. isn't a bigger thing outside of Hawkins. That like you know the city just split into four. <laughs> like what's we're not worried about this. We're calling it a uh, earthquake. Um, you know there's literal vines coming up on uh, City Square and stuff like that. But uh, so I I don't know where it goes. I think we're gonna see some deaths. Um, I think uh, the one that I think might be on the uh, the forefront. Um, I think Nancy is up for uh potential uh death. <laughs> Um, The reason I say that is because one of the reasons why Max went back or why Max kind of like sacrificed herself ultimately um, was because she had the connection with Vecna. And the only other one right now that has the connection on the show uh, and has been used by Vecna is Nancy. So I just, you know, I do think that they're saving some of the biggest uh, kills until the last season. um, And, you know, they want the emotional impact of that. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. Um, I do think I am hopeful that we're going to see Will finally step up um, and, you know, as you said, do something. Um, the first two seasons, he was kind of like used as like the one that was affected by everything. And then the third season, he sat it out. And this one, he was just kind of like crying on the side of Mike the entire time. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that we see that. And I also want them all to be together for the series this, ser- this uh, season, um, because I think that's when it works the best.
0: I just realized that would be a great revelation where, again, the whole thing that kind of, not frustrated me, but that was kind of interesting is how they kind of seem to be rebuilding like kind of Nancy and Steve's relationship again after kind of, you know, she was kind of shoehorned together with Jonathan, I think rather forcefully in the last season. And then Jonathan kind of comes in and not guilt trips her, but almost kind of sort of unknowingly guilt trips her into staying with him. So wouldn't that be something if, she, there's like kind of that love triangle going on in the last season. Then she dies and it kind of leaves Steve and Jonathan both like a really interesting, that's something different. I'll admit, I, I did not think that. good, good, well, shit. And, good and
1: you, good, you can shit see that. that. You can see that stuff a mile away. I mean, they did right. it with Lucas and max this season too. Like early on, they were really establishing their relationship. So I'm like, that's why I was like, Lucas is gone or, you know, max obviously is going to continue to have a big role. Um, that, that stuff's pretty obvious when they're doing it. Cause they're, I think the writing was really good this season. But that doesn't mean that it's not obvious in other ways. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: Good writing doesn't always have to be subtle. I think that's right, the kind right. of a big mistake that people make is always assuming it's like, oh, if it's good writing, it's subtle. Nah, there's been plenty of obvious stuff written that I think has been brilliant. Like
1: written ultimately written. the Vecna thing, right? Like Right. Like it kind of felt like that's where it was going with one right. Vecna and Henry. Like, and like, I'm sorry,
0: but like I said, the, the minute that Jamie Campbell about, like, the only thing that I kind of didn't really establish was how the Victor Creel of it all kind of yeah. factored in. And then I thought that was surprising. But like the minute that Jamie Campbell Bower walks in, it's not even a doubt on my mind. I'm like, Okay, Vecna, cool, yeah. let's move on, you know? Yeah, like I like that not even a, a doubt.
1: That was obvious, mind. but it uh, to an extent, but it was just really satisfying when it happened. Oh, so, yeah, for sure. Also, also
0: I, I think one of the funniest behind the scenes thing too is just watching him like as then putting all the makeup and then just <laughs> yeah. kept like him chilling as, like a regular guy so like the full-on make like Vecna outfit like posing that just kills me every time but. well it's funny
1: right. not to cut you off but the last episode when they're in the uh, the the school gymnasium right um, you know in her her mind or whatever there's a picture going around of Vecna just sitting on the the school <laughs> <room> <laughs> yeah, the I love that and one so I love the that whole one. series I had that in my head and I'm trying yeah. to figure out like where's that gonna play and then of course it's like after he gets thrown through the bleachers or whatever yeah. I'm like there it is it's just yeah. funny thinking about him chilling out at the it, end it, like it, I was it, day
0: hilarious it's so funny like just the other characters are kind of interacting with him uh, uh after the fact of the costume but yeah brandon so what's your thoughts on kind of where they could potentially go for season five
2: well i mean the characters are all together now so i think the first episode is going to be them hunting down vecna to finish what they started and then they're going to get to vecna he's going to be like the work is already done i am inevitable and they're going to kill vecna <laughs> and then once they kill vecna it's going to cut to five years later <laughs> and then they're gonna they're gonna come up with the idea to time travel back to season one. Greatest they didn't say there seasons. would be a time jump from, from seasons one, two, and three. They did Less say there would jump. be a
0: time jump. They did say that the,
2: ta- the time jump is gonna be five years. The Upside Down is like part of their world, so there's like bugs flying around and stuff, and then they're gonna go back to time travel to like recapture all of the demogorgons so they can use them like a big device and uh it's gonna be this big I don't know uh and
1: and Wolverine I, shows up and they connect
0: Brandon to T, the I know that you did, <laughs> Brandon, see, I know you intended that as a joke but honestly I could very feasibly see them doing something along those lines well, that would I mean, not it's just, me. It,
2: it's the fact that the finale was so so similar to Infinity War that you just go like Oh, wow. like, oh, like yeah. Like how do they... Well, I know that the Duffers came out and said that season five is going to be all of the characters in Hawkins for the season, which I think is awesome, because you're going to get, like, one last hurrah with everybody together. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think, honestly, when it comes to the actual plot of it, I feel like that's going to end up being the least interesting thing of season five. Like, I think the thing that everyone's going to be interested in is this is the final goodbye. What's going to happen with like Mike and will 11 max Lucas, Steve, Nancy. I actually don't think people are going to care too much about the Vecna shit. (laughs) Like I think, like I think it's the plot. I think it'll be the thing, but I just have like a, a, I just have a a wild guess that like I'll leave season five and be like yeah, 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 they, they stopped back then, kind of whatever. Kind of like how I felt about Avengers Endgame, where I was like, yeah, yeah, they stopped Thanos, but, like, how cool is, it? like, those interpersonal moments, you know? Right.
0: No, exactly, 100%. Like, that's kind of where, it, it's kind of like why I think, it, even though you, you can have your personal preference as far as whether you like Infinity War or Endgame better, whether you like, kind of, for lack of a better word, the plot dictated thing, or the, or kind of more the interpersonal character moments. Yeah. I feel like kind of, that's usually what people gravitate towards, I feel like why a majority of people like Endgame more <laughs> than Infinity War, but no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. My biggest thing that, kind of, I I want to see come out of this season is i just want to see bodies hit the floor for lack of better word to quote the song like i am i, I am fully expected that it's like okay there's gonna be a time jump whatever's gonna happen like i need there to be like some really like some really really powerful emotional well, because
2: i was gonna say you can cross some people like right off like yeah that they're okay like i think hopper's okay for the rest of the show
0: really um, okay so you don't think hopper's gonna bite it
2: I think because they did the pseudo kill in Caesar. Right. And it You're wasn't right. just like the Max thing where it's like, Oh my god, she died, but she died in this really heartbreaking way where it's like, I don't want to die. Like it, it doesn't feel like kind of right. fulfilling. Hopper's death in season three was like it hit all the boxes. He had like the little epilogue, uh, obituary that he wrote kind of thing. Like you they did Hopper's death already. So right. to do it again, it's like, all right, he's good. Yeah, and it would be it, it would be
0: Glenn from The Walking Dead, and it's like people have already made it clear how much they hate when shows do that. Yeah, and then I and I think
2: Max is is will come back and be alive and like she'll be fine. Like 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 she'll be back and she'll be another member of the team. Like so she's good. And I think because of that, Lucas is probably good. Like I'm just like spitballing here. I, I do think I think Nancy's like definitely high potential because I think they're gonna this season was setting up that Steve was gonna die. Going into the finale, everyone's like Steve is gonna die. And by the way he's He's the best character in the show. Oh yeah. He, oh yeah. Like, like, the, like and, and not just because he's cool guy with a hair and a baseball bat, like just the fact that they took like the generic Biff, the bully character and made him like what they made him is like, it's really never been done before. Like it kind of leans into the originality of the show. Like they took the bully and made him the Han Solo of the show. Like that's sick. And because of that, the show was kind of setting up that he was going to die and you know i think they're going to do a little switcheroo and they're going to have the leia in this situation die not right. the Han. but
0: actually die in a really cool badass and earned way not She's to- a great
2: character she's yeah, a like Na- character. nancy
0: completely I, I mean, I, I, Nancy was never a character that I hated per se, but I was definitely starting to get the feeling of like, okay, what is the purpose that she's going to serve after season three? And this season fully locked me back in. Like, Nancy was probably one of my favorite parts of this Nancy's season.
1: Nancy's going to team with Barb and Eddie in the Upside Down, the takedown.
0: They're spirits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's going to like murder You know what I want to
2: see? I really want to see, and I think they're going to, because I think Will's going to have a big story, which is awesome. I want Will getting you. powers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I yeah, see. Not in the traditional sense of, like, like what people on Twitter are going to want. Like, I want to see him flying around doing exactly what Well, no, not doing.
0: exactly like that. But I guess just in the sense of, like, Will was the first one that was kidnapped. If we believe the fan theory that it was Vecna that kidnapped Will, not the Demogorgon in Season 1. Just the fact that, obviously, everyone, including Eleven's powers, originally spawned right. from him. So the idea that Will had the most interaction sense. with him, you know, the, yeah, the see, air I raising on the back of his neck, being possessed by the Mind Flayer, all yeah, that. Yeah, I
2: definitely don't think they were thinking that Vecna was, like, a possibility back in Season 1. But I think they gave themselves enough room into... How right. was Will even kidnapped? Because at that point, think about it up to season three, it's just demogorgons and, right. and like the That's mind flare. And then, whatever the Fadon hell that him.
0: blob thing was in season three, I don't even know if that was supposed to be the mind flare, that was something else that, that, was, that i mostly blocked out in season three.
2: But that was the mind flare, like using humans to like create like a vessel for it to transport. Okay. Into the world. Anyway, but the one thing I'll say is I really want Joyce and Jonathan to have a, a big, substantial role the final go around because they were really like a a big part, maybe the biggest part of why season one emotionally hit because you had this mom who, I mean, like Winona Ryder in season one really was a big reason why people even watched the show in the first place. They're like, oh, I, I like Winona Ryder. Well, let's watch this. And her character of like this kind of, you know, rural mom who everyone thinks is crazy but she's actually like right and she created like that iconic thing with the lights in the alphabet and like you know and then you look at jonathan as like this reclusive brother who kind of creepily takes photos but now he's got to step up and you know be the protector like i just thought they had such a, a great emotional thrust in the first season and and i don't want to say they've had nothing to do since then but like they've, you know they're just kind of you know they're letting the focus on other people and i think for the final season if you're gonna be in hawkins the whole time and you're gonna give will a lot to do I mean, that was the best stuff about season two was when Will was possessed and they're like, we got to help our son kind of thing. So I don't know. That's just like a little selfish hope. Like, I really hope those two have something to do.
1: And I feel like they're setting that up a little bit because even the conversation between Will and his brother in the the final
2: episodes of this, I think,
1: are reestablishing that familial connection that was so strong in the first season.
2: Yeah cuz I kind of got away from it. So yeah, I just that's like a little hope. I'm like, okay, like I love Steve. I love like all the like those other characters, but like let's get back to like that core group here. Like, yeah
0: help me help, help me steve Harrington. you're my only hope sorry just had had to bring that in a little bit yeah no 100 percent guys this podcast has been absolutely fantastic it's been everything that i could have possibly wanted and hoped from obviously the from you know kind of talking about stranger things i feel like it's a show that has changed a lot since its inception but it's a show that i think is still very valuable and very you know kind of necessary to talk about as we kind of move forward in this kind of into this strange new world in which the world of media has taken shape so before we get out of here final thoughts final star ratings and then plug yourselves where can the good people follow you on the interweb joe let's start with you
1: yeah uh i'm like a 4.5 on this season out of five i really liked it i thought it was really good tv um and really gripping and just the production value was insane compared to you know other shows on today i think they did a great job with it um but i am on GuyAtTheMovies.com and guy at the movies on instagram and all kinds of other stuff but just find
0: me on guy at the movies.com absolutely brandon where can the good people follow you your final thoughts and star ratings Oh, I
2: agree. I think I'd probably go four and a half out of five. I don't usually rate television shows. I got to think about that. But, but um, but like, yeah, I would say four and a half because I think the finale didn't quite like completely knock it out of the park. Like I thought it knocked it out of the park to like save it, yeah, you know, to, to sound safe. But I don't think <laughs> that the finale was like, whole, you know. But I I liked it. I enjoyed it. So yeah, I'd say four and a half. I think it's the best season since the first. As of right now, I still think I like the first more. Not that you asked, but I think I would go season one, four, two, three. Um,
0: I, I agree. That's that's exactly my ranking of it, too.
2: Yeah, because, you know, three I think was awesome while you're watching it, but then I don't have as much of an urge to rewatch that. Like, two, yeah. I, I, I want to go watch two again. Anyway, yeah. uh, I'll just say my Instagram, Rattle Cage Productions. That's just what I've been posting some random stuff on
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll go follow these two guys over there. My final thought to Star Raid is my like I said, echoing these guys' two sentiments. My favorite season since the first season, a little bit long for sure, a little bit kind of like playing fast and loose with the retcons, but overall a very satisfactory and very enjoyable season of television, for sure. Kind of reaffirmed and made me kind of remember everything, all the reasons why I fell in love with this show in the first place, why the show became such a phenomenon in the first place, and I think it sets up rather nicely for what could be. Uh, really, get action-packed and gangbusters final season. Assuming that Netflix doesn't get, that doesn't get the better of them and kind of screw them over the way they have a lot of other shows with their kind of final seasons and final episodes. But you can follow me at Movie Nerd Reviews across all platforms on TikTok. And be sure to follow the official Talking TV podcast across all platforms: Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of the above. Subscribe to us if you're watching us on YouTube. Follow us if you are listening to us on Twitch. This episode will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you're listening to us there. On this time tomorrow already, then what are you doing? Just go back and listen to the episode. It was such a great episode. I had so much fun with these guys. Go follow these guys and everything that it is that they do. And as always, people, twelve seasons in a short film and watch more fucking movies. See you guys next time.